Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in again. Today we have with us Gail Williams, my former teacher and now friend. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on here and chat with us today. First of all, how are you doing? Uh, well, today's weather doesn't make anybody very good. <laughs> no, today, is, today is a challenging day when the sun is out and you can go outside and get some air. It's a much better day. Uh-huh. Amen to that. So I want to ask you what, first of all, what are you doing to stay motivated on the horn? It's a little bit difficult for people to stay motivated when we don't have all these deadlines set up. So what are you doing? What am I doing? Well, first of all, I'm very lucky to know a composer who offered to write a new etude every day this month. And so that gets me very interested. Like, I wonder what he's going to put in today. You know, and and so it's Dennis Brain's birthday today. He would be 99. So this etude today is, let's put it this way, I haven't attempted it yet. <laughs> it looks extremely challenging, and that's what I'm going to do tonight. Um, I haven't and that's, that one That's yet. one way of staying motivated. The other one is, I want to continue playing. And And if you don't, take care of business every day. One day slips by and another day slips by and, and then all of a sudden, well, that's okay, I've taken a week off. Okay, how are you gonna get back in shape? And I know from my own playing from over the years that you can take a week off, but you gotta plan on two weeks to get back in where you were. And, and at this point, I'd rather not get that far out of shape. If I'm going backpacking, that's a totally different issue. But you know, that's, that's planned. This isn't planned. And you hope that you can look into the future and find things that you want to play and, and do. I know a lot of people doing a, a lot of things online. I'm looking at, okay, I want to do another recital. What recital rep do I want to play? Mm -hmm. So I'm learning some new things. It's pretty safe to say that the second half of this academic year has brought quite a few challenges for teachers, in particular studio professors. What's the most difficult aspect of teaching via Zoom? The sound quality, period. Yeah. End of sentence. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like the fact that I can't see them, uh, how they're sitting, how they're breathing. I can do that sort of. I'll say, can you turn a little bit? Things like that. But it's the general sound quality. It just is not very uh, acceptable. And the, and possibly. And to, the way, to not their, it's not their fault. I mean, there's not no. much they can do about it. Yeah. No, it's not their fault. Um, I think the one thing that I think m some of us have done, and it does help, is to have the students record. So some teachers are requiring 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of recorded material. I've done some of that and some students have offered to do that. And then you go through it uh, yourself with them. But that's, uh, that's sometimes difficult too. Because you can't, sometimes the video isn't as, as true. Um, I don't know, one-on-one -on -one is why you teach. And that's why it's really hard. Yeah. Yep. What difference do you notice in the way the Zoom teaching affects you personally? I'm fatigued. I get energized when I'm with students. 
and they give me ideas and I'm, I'm always trying to be learning. I'm always curious and, oh, they can do it that way. Hmm, maybe I'll try that way too. But here I'm like, like this and my, I get really tired. I get really tired. The first day I thought, oh, I can do my, I'll do my regular five hours. And I, I could barely walk down the stairs because I'm up in my attic and I can, I'm in a dormer. So I'm like, you know, closed in and, but I can focus this way. And it's, it takes a lot more energy, to be honest. Do you, you genuinely feel like it's because you don't get that social interaction? Absolutely. I didn't know what it was like, you know, the first week it was, but now that I've been doing it now for six weeks, it's really, it's like, and it's going to continue for a while. We have nine weeks and I'm offering, if you don't want to have a lesson this week, we'll count it in a couple of weeks and, and I'm going to spread some of these lessons out and offer some lessons, maybe group lessons or something during the summer because the students are going to need it. It's a long time. A long time without playing with other people, and it's a long time to stay honest on your own. That's correct. Yeah. 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 It's it's a, uh, and but it's also I I've been saying to students, this is a time to learn things that you've never had an opportunity to. You know, if for a horn player especially, if your double tonguing is not terribly healthy or good, now's the time to fix it. Get on because it. you have the time. If your lip trail sucks, now's the time. So now's the time to learn these things. Now's the time to sit down with one of your favorite recordings and a score and play all four horn parts. Mm -hmm. Not many people do that. Well, now's the time to do it because that can be your entertainment, but you're also learning, you're also listening, you're also knowing how all of these things fit. So when the opportunity opens up, when the auditions are gonna open up again, and they will, you'll yeah. be ready instead of saying, oh, I'm not ready. No, you have to be ready. One of my colleagues in the civic orchestra was sharing with us that she picks a symphony a day and just sits down and plays it. And I was like, I gotta get on that. Yeah, that's really good. That used to be my entertainment when I was a graduate student because I didn't have, um, I didn't have any money and I had no TV and I had no internet and I had no phone, you know. So you sat down with your LP and you put it down, you went and got the score from the library and you played through all eight horn parts of Heldenleben. What's a library, Gail? Oh, I, I know, <laughs> a music library. Yeah. Have you noticed any sort of positive and or negative impact the Zoom lessons has on your students? I think the negative is Sometimes our connection's not that great, so it goes in and out. So that's really difficult. That's a negative because you feel really down. I think the positive can be the fact that they have to have their material because there's no wasting time. Bang, you play through it, you know? And I know that I've had chats with my housemates that are currently taking lessons in their master's degree at Northwestern from our apartment. And they have all this material ready and they're like, it just doesn't fill up an hour. I can't prepare enough. Yeah. That's real. Oh, and, and a lot of people are now taking the time to do some etudes, which is really great because that's gonna keep you the, up the endurance. What I've noticed is this, this is, this is a real negative because some people are using headphones to play. While they're playing? 
Yeah. And especially during a lesson. Yeah. And their pitch is awful. I hope you're listening and you horn students. <laughs> their the pitch is awful. And I've said it to them. So either wearing one headphone on and one headphone off. Uh, now's the time to get a tuner out and really check yourself because you're not playing with other people. And I think that's a big issue. And I think you've got to be honest. No, a tuner is not going to make you play in tune, but it will give you a reference of yeah. something, you know? Well, and most people um, have portable speakers throw a drone on, right? Do something. Put a drone on is correct. In the normal world, when you're, you know, in your studio at Northwestern, master classes all over the place, have you ever felt stuck in your teaching career? And if so, how do you rejuvenate your teaching? Well, I've been teaching at Northwestern full-time since the fall of 98. I was four. And, <laughs> pardon me? I was four then. Oh, thanks a lot. Um, I wasn't for, <laughs> but anyway, um, and not saying anything against Northwestern, but in most university settings, you get to have a half a year or a full year off to go do a project, yep. uh, to rejuvenate yourself, to learn something new. And at Northwestern, you don't get those. So I've had one quarter off since I've started teaching. And what did I do? I went to Europe to watch a teacher teach. I went over for like a week. And I went over to see Irish Pencil teach. Why? Because you go in every single orchestra, especially in this 80s, 70s and 80s, and you would have one of his students in that orchestra. Wow. Because there were two horn teachers at that time that were putting out every single student that were filling the orchestras. And they basically, you had to have their permission to take that audition or you didn't get in. And so I went to figure out why, why does, what would he, what he, he do why he was so uh, successful? And he handed me four sheets of handwritten paper of exercises and it was nothing new it was the fact that he just made them do those basics and and he was always on them about you know poking you here and poking you at your and your face and he was very insistent upon that and he says and that's what you have to do you just have to make sure they're doing those basics and um and then i went to london to watch another teacher teach over in the um i went over to the royal college and guild hall to see how they were running the chamber music programs and how what they were doing and and then I my project was to make a recording so that's what I did to get rejuvenated from about nine years of teaching so the rest of the time I can say that I try to attend other people's master classes or listen to lectures I think Sarah Willis is doing a phenomenal job with all the horn hangouts that you can go back and listen to whoever she's had. Um, and then I'm a very, very, very lucky person. I get to go to the Jackson Hole and go play orchestral music for seven weeks with the Grand Teton Music Festival 
and I get to play the repertoire that maybe I don't get to do since I left the Chicago Symphony and play with wonderful musicians. We go on hikes and, you know, we get kind of geeky sometimes. We actually talk about auditions and why and what for and how to and 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 I get rejuvenated. I get I get back to teaching and I feel like I'm a new person again. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody everybody needs that. Definitely a huge importance on continuously learning and Mr. Herseth was one of my biggest mentors. And he said two things. He never stopped practicing because he wanted to continue to get better. He played till I think he was 82 when he left the Chicago Symphony. Um, but he also was always curious. That was a big word. Curious. You got to be curious. How many times do you play the Brahms Horn Trio? I could play it another 100 times and hopefully they'll be all different. Mm-hmm. You learn from everybody you play with. How have you developed resilience, not just in your teaching, but it's safe to say we need resilience in all aspects of our life, you know, auditions, performing, at home, teaching. How did you develop your resilience? Um, I think there's one word and it's called exercise. And, you know, I didn't do meditation back 40 years ago, I do more meditation now, but I think in, I know it sounds silly, but in the four, four marathons that I trained for and ran, I probably did more meditation then than I've ever done. Because when you're running, you can meditate because I never, ever listen to music when I run. I know people think that's crazy, but I had a lot of music in my head. So I was practicing Strauss too when I had to play it with the CSO in my head when I was running and I bike a lot. I have dogs, I walk them and that's, that's my, my go-to. So on a day like today, mm, not good. (laughs) (laughs) Not a good day. I'll go out in 20 below weather and walk. Today I went out for only a little bit before I really started pouring again. Mm -mm. The rainy days are the bad quarantine days. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. But um, I do, I do have a very a little device upstairs that that I probably will hop on and get on my exercise cycle. And, and I guess I'll have to make a choice. I think maybe it might be where I was last week, uh, Sunday. I went to New Zealand and rode my bike around the lake. Do it. Do it. <laughs> I am. I will right after this. Ridiculous. Nope, I, I have to keep. I have to keep my Fitbit working. You know, I I, I, I haven't missed a day. I haven't missed a day in, since quarantine started, of exercise. So well, that's my goal. That's how I'm resilient. Is no, I really am serious. I think there are people that need exercise more than they ever think, and mm-hmm. I think that's how I've always gotten through my daily life. Is to, and I, you know, I grew up on a farm in New York State, and you were always outside playing or walking in and getting the cows to come in to go get milked and you're working, you're doing something. So you're always outside and you're, was it exercise? No, it was what you had to do. Yeah. It's a, almost a form of release too. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Gail, why did you agree to do this interview for Classical Musicians Roundtable? I think everybody needs to be curious about what other people have to do to survive these times right now. Mm -hmm. I think the, the quarantine is really pushing the limit on uh, other stressors. Yeah. And we have to all figure out how to deal with it because we're all going to feel, and you know, music is going to be different coming down the pike and it's really going to be in uh, your laps, not mine. And we have to figure out, it will come back. I'm, I'm positive it's going to come back because everybody's going to need the arts. Yeah. Everybody's going to need it. You yourself and me and everybody else will need the arts. And it may just look a little different, but it'll come back. But I think that's why I agreed because I think it's important that we, we stick together and we band together and we learn from each other and we move forward. Mm -hmm. And I miss seeing people. Yep. No kidding. <laughs> if you could give one piece of advice to everyone watching today, one piece of advice, what would it be? You have to have joy in every day. Joy may be sitting down and reading a book. It may be sitting down and watching um, tennis. The Last Dance oh, okay. of Michael Jordan. It may be watching tennis. Uh, I'm supposed to go to a Cubs game. I had to take that out of my book. Um, playing some agents. You have to find something you like. And it's like, that's okay. You have to do that every day and every night. I do encourage students to, uh, instead of putting your horn down going, ugh, yuck, that's awful. Play something you like. If you, if you get joy in practicing, which I've always, I, I like practicing and that gives me joy. And it's like my time for myself that I don't have to be doing stuff for other people. I get to practice. Maybe that's being selfish, but it's taking care of me. And I get to play something at the end of the day that I like. Whether it's an exercise or it's a new etude or it's something. Whatever brings you joy. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to share your thoughts with us today. Thank you everyone for watching and tuning in and we'll catch you next Monday. Bye everybody.